Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 122. I'm Ryan Panagos, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Ben Morse, editor of Marvel.com, and for the first time in a long time, we have a third person in the room with us, our brand new at long last intern, the fighting Irishman himself, Alexander Lopez. Hey, how's it going? Is that cool? Is that a nickname? Yeah. Fighting man. Irishman? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. It makes sense. <laughs> Alex, bad. where do you, uh, give us a quick, quick background, where are you coming to us from? This is um, literally your first step. Yeah, I go to Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, I live in Somerset, New Jersey, right by Rutgers. Um, right now, I'm studying journalism, media studies, and a minor in digital communication and media. All right, man. I just said a brief bio. No one's listening to this podcast for your life story. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was just you know that's just on it. It's just on air stuff. Get ready. Just, just, just crazy. I hope you're, you have some thick skin. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you're just joining us on this week in Marvel, we're going to go through all the new comics out this week: print, digital, single issues, and collections. Talk about new stuff happening in movies, TVs, video games. Uh, get some news, and then get to your questions and comments while you're listening. If you want to use the hashtag this week in Marvel, you can tweet it, and we'll collect it. In a future episode. Or for next week, if you have been reading Daredevil Man Without Fear, which is our TwinURC selection for next week, use the hashtag TwinURC. We will be getting to all of those next week. But first, issues on sale this week. Ryan, kick it off. We got Avengers Assemble number 24 by Kelly, du- Kelly Sue DeConnick and Warren Sikonic. Ellis. <laughs> Kelly Sue DeConnick and Warren Ellis. Uh, art by Matteo Bufagni. And, um, I mean, we've been talking about this arc for a while now with Spider-Girl teaming up with various Avengers to find her missing teacher who is, uh, who's come up as an inhuman. Um, and it's been terrific. This issue, she's really teamed up with Iron Man. And it's hilarious, and he's kind of weird with kids, which is terrific. <laughs> she's amazing because she's just this ballsy little attitude um, you know, teenager who wants to do the right thing and wants to just get it done. Uh, and she's going up against some bad people. Um, yeah, there's some really gruesome stuff in this. Like, yeah, there's this page gruesome. here where I was not expecting that. Um, but it's straight out of the season finale of American Horror Story Coven, which my wife made me watch. I don't know what that is. Yep, I'm adding some pop culture references to try to raise our audience. Very good. Yep. Uh, I hear True Detective is a television show that people right? enjoy. It's gonna be a second season of that. It's been is renewed. There? Oh. Well, we got reviewed like after the first episode. I don't. I haven't know. watched it yet. Keep listening to our podcast for all the latest in TV news. Wow, I sure do like the Olympics. Uh, all right, anyway, back to the show. Uh, we've got um, uh, we've we've got a whole bunch of things that happened for. See, I like Spider-Gram. this. I like this end sequence. Yeah, the, that's that's really like the best part is they come back to Stark Tower or wherever they are and wherever they live. Yeah, you know, home and Cap comes back into it and Spider Girl. She's just. She's annoyed with all these adults because they're being, you know, difficult, or so she thinks, Mm. when in reality, they've all been helping her immensely, and by the end of this, I really want them to say, welcome to the Avengers, Spider-Girl. Yeah, I I hope so. I really hope so. I hope so, too. Or, welcome to your own ongoing series written by Kelly C. DeConnick, Spider-Girl. Yes. I would also settle for Either or. Either or. Or and. Mm. Um, Cataclysm, The Ultimate's Last Stand, number five, the final issue of this Whopper that I know Alex wants to read. I'm going to hand it to him as soon as I finish summarizing it. Um, this is the big one. This feels like, you know, this feels like Armageddon. This feels like that other movie that wasn't Armageddon, but it was kind of like a deep impact. Um, it's a disaster movie, 
it's the ultimate universe really feeling like this is massive, this is huge, this is a story you can only do in the ultimate universe, where the sacrifices and the stakes are huge. Kitty Pride ends up having to be the character who steps up big here, no pun intended. And it's nice because Brian Bendis really likes writing Ultimate Kitty Pride. He wrote her great for so many years in Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. He gets to revisit her here. He steps right back into the voice. But while she's doing her thing, uh, we got other stuff going on from Miles Morales, from Storm, uh, big stuff from Reed Richards, and from Tony Stark. A character makes their triumphant return, who we thought was down and out. And they do end up, no real spoiler here, they solve the Galactus problem, but the real story is the cost, where the Ultimate Universe goes from here. We will talk about that in a bit. Great art by Mark Bagley, uh, along with his team here. Uh, really stepped it up. Um, Mark Bagley, you know, just we, we take him for granted. He's so consistent. He's always so good. This was an issue that really let him strut his stuff and show the big action. It was it was like almost the anti-Ultimate Spider-Man it, like from the early issues. It wasn't them sitting around talking. It was just fight, 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 big, big, big. It was a lot of fun. Very good conclusion to the series. And again, we'll talk more about what comes next later. There's, the, there's one shot of what sort of like they do what they need to do and things happen. And then there's a shot and it's like... It's a lot of black, and mm-hmm. it's really somber. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, Bagley really nails nice. a lot of emotions in this. I was really impressed with this work. Yeah. On to Deadpool number 24 by Jerry Dugan and Brian Posehn with art by Mike Hawthorne. I was very nervous reading this one. Yeah, me too. Uh, it made very me very nervous. nervous, mostly because I've really become attached to the characters. Uh, you know, we've got Agent Preston inside uh, Deadpool's head and Deadpool himself, who's just been the best he's ever been, really. I can't give it anything else other than this is the best Deadpool I've ever read and this is the the issue where they try to get Agent Preston back into a body in this case an LMD from S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, things go awry there's tons of stuff going on in Deadpool's head They have, which is where most of the issue takes place terrific stuff all kinds of weird versions of Deadpool inside his own head um, we get Doctor Strange we get the uh, the necromancer dude. Yeah, um, that was nice. Ben Franklin. Yeah, Ben Franklin's I back. Seen them in a little bit. I love Ben Franklin. Um, all that and some really really touching stuff. And then you think it's all just crumbling, and they knife you. Yeah. And then they hug you. And, and then they, they go slip huh? another one in. Yeah. At the end, what? I was like, what? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know how. Yeah. How? That's what I need to know. Fantastic Four number one, our big all-new Marvel Now launch of this week, written by James Robinson, art by Leonard Kirk with Carl Kiesel and Jesus Abertev. Abertov, hope I didn't get that wrong. Um, I was eagerly anticipating this one. When you saw it on paper, James Robinson, just a guy who seems really suited to write Fantastic Four. Leonard Kirk, great artist who's just waiting for a chance to really start his stuff. But you never know. Sometimes stuff that looks good on paper doesn't always translate. This was, it felt really good. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of the words to describe. It didn't necessarily feel like the Fantastic Four I expected James Robinson to write, and that was a good thing. Uh, not that I wouldn't have wanted to see that too, but I liked that it took me by surprise the way he melded both his own style with a lot of other things. It definitely felt like James Robinson's comic. It starts out, and I really love this, basically with Stu Richards, um, writing a letter to Valeria, their daughter, and 
about all this horrible stuff that has happened to the Fantastic Four. Uh, how the Fantastic Four has completely fallen apart, and you're like, whoa, is this going to be a story where you know everything is at its worst? But then they flash back immediately to them fighting Fing Fing Foom. They're in their new costumes. Everything's awesome. They have a great fight with Fing Fing Foom. So classic Fantastic Four, big action. You know, Thing gets a nice moment. Human Torch gets a nice moment. Everyone uses their powers. They split off. They do their stuff. Thing goes and meets with Alicia. They have a reconciliation. Johnny goes and sets up the next phase in his latest professional disaster. Um, and Reed and Sue are left at home. They're dealing with the fallout. I like this. It goes right back to Matt Fractions around the fact that Valeria is mad at them and she's now staying with Doctor Doom and Latveria. They have a little bit of a squabble about that. I really like this depiction of their marriage. Mm. It read like two people who have been married for a long time who know how to get under each other's skin but know how to get back each other's good graces as well. We have stuff with the Future Foundation kids. So really a nice sampling of classic Fantastic Four stuff, the stuff that's made the last few years under Hickman and Fraction really good, and then also the James Robinson twist of where is this headed? How do they get to this nightmare scenario that we saw in the first few pages? And we get a few teases of that in the last few pages, but a different kind of book, something that's celebrating kind of all of the Fantastic Four goodness the whole new thing. I like this book. I'm really excited to see what comes next. And a nice letter at the end from editor Mark Panicci about how he's wanted to edit this book for years, but Tom Brevoort wouldn't let him. Pride it from Tom yeah. Brevoort's Iron Grip. Yep. All right, on to George Romero's Empire of the Dead, number two, written by George Romero, with art by Alex Maleev. Uh I mean, Maleev is killing it. He's yep. always so good, but I love seeing his work. He's, he's moody, it's gritty, it's realistic. Um, which is great in a you know realistic in a book about zombies and as you learn in the first issue vampires. There's uh, vampires. Mm-hmm. You want me to say it again? Yeah. Vampires. I read so often. Just pepper yeah. that in. Yeah. Uh, it's you know set in the world of the Living Dead books, movies, comics now, um, and it's gruesome. It's a really grody. Dirty, nasty book, and it's 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 cool. It's, there's a lot of drama. There's you know political stuff going on, but there's zombies and shenanigans yep. and biting and sexy times, and it's it's fun. Guardians of the Galaxy number twelve, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art with by both Sarah Pacelli and Stuart Eminen pitching in as well. This is part four of six of the trial of Jean Grey. In our last installment, the Guardians brought the original X-Men face-to-face with the Starjammers, which means in this issue we get the Young Cyclops Corsair reunion. Very emotional stuff. Look back at the origins with Scott Summers. Just good conversational stuff. Good stuff that Bendis is very good at writing. You know, how does a father deal with dealing with his son who thought he abandoned him for the second time. I like that they keep pointing out that Corsair's already done all this. He already did all this with the older Cyclops. Now he has to do it all again and justify his actions <laughs> all over again to a younger version of the son he already has out there. It kind of highlights the coolness of this weird uh, universe where we have these X-Men and all this jazz. Uh, we also cut to speaking of fathers and sons, Star-Lord's dad, who's being a jerk as is his wants, and then also on the Shi'ar homeworld there, preparing for the actual trial of Jean Grey. Gladiator and Oracle take center stage. Oracle has a conversation with Jean. Oracle's going to be representing him, and we, or her, and we see the trial actually kick off. So this crossover is moving along quite nicely. All right. Hawkeye, number 15. You guys been anticipating, waiting, hoping 
dying for this, <laughs> for this issue. issue. This is uh, so. This is one of the Matt Fraction and David Aha issues. So it focuses on Clint uh, in Brooklyn, and we've got the Barton Brothers, which probably my new favorite tag team. Yep. Uh, Clint and uh, Barton Brothers. Yeah, and Barney. Uh, they they're terrific together. Barney Barton's got this thing about uh, doing crosswords, uh, but they they're in this like detective mode. Yeah. This scene with Black Widow at the diner, terrific. Yeah, I like the Black Widow apparently forgot she knows how to speak fluent Amer- uh, English. That's you know, it's just one of the quirks of Hawkeye. She's got a strong Russian accent in this book. Yeah, why not? Uh, all that's going on, and the the uh, tracksuit vampire gross dudes are maneuvering. You get to see a little bit of. Um, where they fit in, uh, or where their power is coming from, why they're doing what they're doing, which is very interesting stuff. And it, then things really start to hit the fan. Uh, things being poop. <laughs> Lots of poop hits the fan by the end of this issue. So, one thing to note, 16 is already out. Yep. Uh, 17 is the next issue coming. That's drawn by Chris Eliopoulos. Yeah. Uh, 18 by Annie Wu, so that's a Kate Bishop issue. And then 19 with David Aha. Yep. So we're back on the normal numbering track now. Indestructible Hulk number 19, part three of Humanity Bomb, a Inhumanity tie-in. Written by Mark Wade, main art by Jeremy Rapak, with assists from Joe Bennett, as well as Tom Grummet. We have got the Hulk plummeting to his death as Bruce Banner because his buddy Randall Jessup, who I love that character, he's one of Bruce Banner's assistants, he's just this guy who's basically had a horrible childhood, so he's trying to keep everybody calm around him. It's interesting, he had a spotlight issue a few issues back, you should definitely go and check out. But Bruce Banner has had his his rage drained by Jessup, who thanks to Inhumanity has become this weird uh, anger vampire where he just drains the negative emotions of everyone around him. Bruce finds a way out of it. It's pretty nasty. Hulk comes back, gets in a fight with mutated Jessup, and then the rest of the issue is setting up a new enemy growing out of a very old concept from uh, old Stanley Jack Kirby Fantastic Four. A lot of people trying to get their hands on Jessup and Bruce's lab techs trying to help him uh, get Jessup to a place where they can help him. There's a great bit where the S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot is trying to fly them back and they point out to him, who Bruce Banner is, and he wets himself. <laughs> that was That's pretty awesome. Uh, so we get a cliffhanger of the Hulk being, surprise, surprise, really pissed off. And I love this last page, which is just one of his lab <laughs> technicians punching the Hulk in the chest. And we're going to see what happens there. Yeah. Over uh, in Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man, number 23, the episode Damage, which is originally by Man of Action and Scott Mosier, gets adapted by our boy Joe Caramagna. All right, over to Mighty Avengers, number seven, written by Al Ewing. Amazing art, once again, by Valerio Schiti, and gorgeous colors by Frank Darmada. Uh, this is really focusing on White Tiger and um, her quest for vengeance against Gideon Mace, who I didn't realize Gideon Mace had a mace for a hand. Yeah, that's, that's why, they, why call, they call him Gideon, Gideon Mace. Mace. I, thought it was, you know, just I mean, cool that all might also be his real name. I think it is, but, yeah. you know, nice little bit of irony. Yeah, Mace Hand. He's like, hey, my last name's Mace. I should get a mace for a hand. Yeah. This is super villain. Let's do this. Uh, and then White Tiger gives in to the White Tiger God, uh, which is pretty badass. This, you don't really, I don't know, I mean, I've not read enough White Tiger comics to really say, but seeing the, the tiger unleashed mm. is freaking cool as hell. It happened like once in Avengers Academy, and that's it. Yeah, it's totally badass. Uh, there's a lot of fighting, in, you know, between the team members because of this. 
and to you get to see the potential here for White Tiger and what she can do um, against Power Man, Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, Falcon, everybody. It's it's pretty badass. So some really cool fights in here. Uh, interesting development for the the Gideon Mace of it all and uh, the enemies that they're fighting. Um, and a cool resolution to how they were able to clear White Tiger's mind from the right. the influence of the White Tiger. God. Very cool. Love this issue. Miracle Man number three. This is where it all happens. Uh, we start getting some Alan Davis art on this issue, which is awesome. It's very cool seeing original Alan Davis art, but Gary Leach kicking in as well. This is the big fight between Miracle Man and Johnny Bates, a.k.a. Kid Miracle Man. Uh, the first big fight. Uh, if you've heard about Miracle Man, you know that they scrap a couple times. There's a lot of stuff in here that uh, it's been a while since I read Miracle Man, so I don't know if it was in the original. Like, I feel like some of the scenes with Johnny Bates who's incarcerated, I don't remember seeing those, but mm. it's it's hard to recall. Anyways, you get the full story here. Their entire fight, the aftermath, the solution that uh, this, I forgot about uh, Evelyn Cream. I love that character. I love him visually. He's got sapphires for teeth. He gets introduced here. We get Miracle Man and his wife trying out his powers, kind of delving into their theories on the differences between Miracle Man and his alter ego, Mike. Uh, a revelation from Liz, his wife, which is one of the more messed up things in the story. Uh, and then we also get sort of a backup story. Uh, I think it's like a lost story or something about the Warpsmiths, who always confuse the hell out of me. There's weird alien futuristic guys, again, drawn by Gary Leach. Beautiful. Color restoration is amazing. Incredible comic. If you've never read it, please take the opportunity to do so. Yeah, lots of value in these books. You know, they're, they're, they ain't cheap comics, but you get tons yep. of cool stuff in them. Yeah. So, very awesome. All right, over to Origin 2, number 3. Uh, Wolverine has been captured and imprisoned, and um, he's just the savage. He's going to be part of the circus. He's tortured to no end. And uh, we get to really see Sinister's plans come to uh, start to come to fruition here as, well, I should say, Nathaniel Essex. Yeah, which uh, else is a Logan instead of Wolverine. Yeah. Okay, do what you want, man. It's Logan Vereen. It's up to you. Uh, ben Vereen is uh, imprisoned here. And, uh, Shane Vereen? Yeah. You get to see um, Nathaniel Essex experiment on Logan, and it's disgusting. Gross. There's a two pages, two or three pages, vile, like if you're squeamish, uh, if you don't like the sight of blood and yeah. stuff. I would love to see Karen's script for that and also Adam Kubert's reaction. Yeah, like, oh, really? Probably not much phases Adam Kubert <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a nice, really, I, I really like the ending of this one um, and what that could mean. But although I know how it ends, yeah. I know So you what think. Dun, dun, dun. Revolutionary War Super Soldiers number 1, written by Rob Williams, art by Brent Anderson. Uh, this was continuing the Revolutionary War story, gathering all the Marvel UK heroes. Pete Wisdom comes to not recruit, but warn the super soldiers who are in this interesting spot where they were, they're basically 90s relics. Uh, Pete Wisdom calls them out on it. They were the quintessential 90s heroes, big muscles, big guns, enhanced war guys. They are no longer active superheroes. They're now making a movie based on their lives and experiences, which is not going well because they're not actors. But Ms. Tech comes after them, and they prove to Wisdom and everyone else that they still do have what it takes. 
Uh, just, again, cool to get introduced to these characters who I saw ads for and stuff when I was a kid and find out who they are. I don't even remember the Super Soldiers. Um, so this was a particularly hidden little gem. Secret Avengers, number 16. This is the final issue. It's by Al Scott and Nick Spencer with art by Luke Ross. And this is where everything sort of... They wrap this up nicely and neatly. You've got Modoc is now Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Lab Tech of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever mm-hmm. title they give him. I love all the scenes with him and Maria Hill. We get to um, we get a sense of what is happening with Taskmaster, who we believe to have died previously. Uh, Mentallo has some really cool scenes in here. Very touching for, you know, just yeah. like a, just a regular run-of-the-mill villain. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, we Some of the ministers, I don't remember what happened to them previous issue, but there was... Well, recall that AIM is still a huge presence over in Avengers World, among other places, yeah. and uh, the ministers are still have roles to play. Fair. So, well, Nantalo and Black Widow got dealt with here. Superior is still pl- is running yeah. around Avengers, and I think uh, the other guy, the dead guy, Jude... He, yeah. is, he is a big part of Jude Avengers Jude the Entropic world. Man? Yes, Jude the Entropic Man is still a big part of Avengers World, so they don't get resolved here. Yeah. Uh, we've got Dr. Andrew Forson, who's AIM Scientist Supreme, who's basically seen everything he's built crumble around him. Yeah, uh, and then it happens. The one-on-one against Mockingbird, which he's you know twisted her mind in all kinds of ways, or... She's a triple. I can't even tell how many I, I don't know. turns she's had as yeah. an agent, but it's it's she's awesome. Like the Big Show of Secret Avengers. <laughs> That's a wrestling reference. Do you watch wrestling? Yeah, sometimes not a lot though. All right, not as much as you guys. We'll, I've seen both your pages. We'll work on it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good uh, starting point. <laughs> yes, uh, we get to see the. This was a heartbreaker right yeah, here, right? Uh, where the, uh, yeah. the Secret Avengers go to talk to Maria Hill and be like, "We're out." We're yep. done. Some of them are like, eh, I guess I'll keep going. I like killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so there's a heartbreaker moment. But the, the I don't know, epilogue yeah. is terrific. It was nice to come back to some of these characters. Yeah. You know, we saw issues and issues ago. Yeah. We had Alshcott in here yesterday. We recorded a couple of podcasts with him talking about the new Secret Avengers as well as Iron Patriot. And I talked to him at length about how I thought Luke Ross really went to a new level on the last few issues of Secret Avengers. And he said... That was absolutely true, and he said that I had to do a lot with. They kind of like talked before the last arc with him, just basically saying like, "Look, this is your chance to really like kill it. You're following Butch Geist, like really bring your A game to the table." And both agreed. He really distinguished himself with those last couple issues. I hope we got a good project for him. Yeah, me too. Superior Spider-Man number twenty-eight, written by Dan Slott, art by Giuseppe Camuncoli, part two of Goblin Nation. Dan Slott is like the master juggler of comics. Because you read any issue of Superior Spider-Man, there's always 18 things going on at once. And this is no exception. Goblin Nation, as you noted with Part 1, feels like the culmination of 25 different story threads. You've got Spider-Man on the run from the goblins. Not just the Goblin King, but the Goblin Knight, from Menace, from Monster, who uh, whose identity he learns in this issue. He flees back to Parker Industries. Uh, we see him showing emotion over the fact that some of his spiderlings don't make it out of spider island number 23 alive, right yeah, yeah number 23 little moment. but he still has his robot they go back there fight between spider-man and monster while that's going on we got stuff going on inside the mindscape where peter parker is trying to battle his way back to the surface of consciousness also the supporting cast a lot of stuff love mary jane in this issue uh the goblin kids come after mary jane and she just says screw this takes control 
Uh, no powers, just awesome. She gathers up all the other supporting cast characters. Then that leads to a cliffhanger with uh, Superior Spider-Man's new love interest and Maria, where she gets picked up and you think, oh good, this is part of the plan to gather all the allies and it's something else entirely. <laughs> this just like, oh man, it, it this... This is a normal size comic, but it felt like triple-sized because there was so much going on, so much dialogue, so much great art, great stuff. Yeah. Thunderbolts, number 22, uh, written by Charles Soule and art by Carlo Barberi with colors by Is- Israel Silva. Uh, this wraps up the Mephisto arc, the, you know, Thunderbolts in hell. Yeah. And it was terrific. It, it was, was fun. I love the way they wrapped it up. Uh, the Thunderbolts, they're sneaky, sneaky little monkeys. They uh, were able to do some cool stuff. I mean, a lot of it is the leader, who obviously is um, more in control of his mental faculty now than he has been in quite some time. Yes, certainly. Yes. And uh, we've got... We, I really like seeing um, Strong Guy back yeah. in, uh, in in Hell and how that plays out, the... Him versus Red Hulk, terrific little battle. Uh, the way they wrap up the Mercy thing, mm-hmm. it's terrific. It's great. And, man. I could come back to bite him. I've, that's what I'm going to say. Assuming. Especially how Mephisto plays into all this. That, yep. None of that going in well. Although, I, I love this, the, the Deadpool... Um, uh, the, the angel feather? feather? And I yeah. was like, what? Because oh. there's a really gross scene right there. Yeah. That's disgusting. And I love the last two panels. Yeah. It's just I didn't perfect. get it at first, but then I read it again, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cute. I like it. All right, over to Uncanny Avengers number 17, written by Rick Remender. Gorgeous art by Steve McNiven. Seriously doing some of the best work he's done in ages, and since all his work is good, that's really saying something. Uh, this is the wrap-up to Ragnarok now, and as I always call it, Uncanny Avengers is the book that doesn't need to be tied into events because every issue is a huge freaking event. We have a Celestial about to step on earth so iron man hulk dr doom and all the remaining heroes on earth are trying to stop him meanwhile thor whose arm is like all emaciated and burned to crap is fighting the remaining apocalypse twin at the same time the wasp and a badly burned all screwed up captain america are trying to get to the tachyon dam they're fighting the grim reaper every page of this has epic dialogue that feels like it's out of a huge action movie but also just amazing art just action, awesome poses, everything you'd want out of a big comic book. Captain America kicking Grim Reaper in the face with a sound effect that goes quong, right? Quong. What more do you need? Um, and then just just horrible, horrible things happening. Uh, big consequences for our hero's absolute failure. And I can't really talk anything more about that. Uh, next is Planet X. The way this issue ends, there's a little epilogue. I don't want to say who's involved in it, but it's very touching. And then uh, the slate has been wiped clean. If you enjoyed Rick's Uncanny X-Force, this this is one of the issues where I felt like, all right, this really is Uncanny X-Force with a bigger budget, almost. Like, where he can really blow it out and do whatever he wants in the Marvel Universe. It's sick. And uh, Planet X is coming next. It is part of all new Marvel now. It's going to be immense. Yes. Wolverine number two by Paul Cornell and art by Ryan Stegman with inks by Mark Morales and colors by David Curiel. I really think Ryan Stegman has never looked better mm. than he looks on this book. It's just gorgeous stuff. Um, 
really, really terrific. Wolverine uh, seeks out Spider-Man to get some advice, get some information, have a little heart-to-heart. Uh, Wolverine's, you know, he's in a weird way right now. Yeah. He's, um, well, without his healing factor, he's not so cocksure anymore. Mm, and, uh, yeah. And uh, so in this, he... He gets a lot of uh, a lot of interesting back and forth with Spidey in this. Um, there's a really, uh, I wouldn't say touching scene, but um, it's a bummer of a scene for Wolverine fans with Kitty Pryde in here. Uh, but it looks gorgeous and um, a, f- a great last page to this issue. Yeah. Finally, we come to the last issue of this volume of Wolverine the X Men, issue number forty-two, written by Jason Aaron. Art by, let me take a breath here, Nick Bradshaw, Pepe Larraz, Roman Ramon Perez, Sean Crystal, Steve Sanders, Nuno Alves, Tim Townsend, and Chris Pachalo, all contributing. This, of course, the culmination of all the stories that Jason has been telling for over 40 issues. This has been one of my favorite books the last few years. The book that mixes pathos with comedy, with action, with great art, with great writing, with great characters. All right, so we got two things going on here. First, in the far, far future, it's the final day of the Jean Grey mm-hmm. School. Uh, old Man Wolverine is shutting it down. Edie is there with him. He says there's no more use for it. He's being a really just grim old man. Uh, and he's just said, you know, time's come to an end. We're, we're all done. Meanwhile, in the present, it is graduation day, and we focus primarily on Quentin Quire, who this book really started focusing on. It's been a lot about his evolution, and he is unhappy. He is devastated because basically he's talking about how, you know, I used to be a crazy, feared international terrorist. Now I'm like the president of the student body. I'm a popular kid at school. He's a schnook. He's a schnook. You're right. It's like the end of Goodfellas. Um, Wait. Just yeah. spoiled the end of Goodfellas. Have you ever seen Goodfellas? Okay, good. Wait, it's, it's just the line. You have to watch the whole movie to see why he says that line. It's not a spoiler. Um, we have a bunch of cameos show up. Phantom X, Agent Brand, Hope, Captain America. They're all there for the graduation. Some of them have different reactions than others. The students all have different reactions. Just all these great throwaway lines about, you know, Jason Aaron not closing any doors because this book is continuing under new management. But nice little throwaways, especially in the future story about, like, what happened to Krakoa and who, who is the big villain who leads the Brotherhood. Just hilarious stuff. But the through line being just Quentin, just so devastated. It's like every, everything, every page is another, like, stab to the gut of his, you know, his reputation as just being a badass. Um, trying to walk the line of spoilers here. But that story ends up influencing the story in the future, where Wolverine, about to finally shut down the school, gets a visitor, an appropriate visitor, and it provides a final twist for the Jean Grey school. This was just a nice love letter to this book. Jason getting a chance to say goodbye to these characters he worked with, and many of whom he created or you know did a definitive take on. Really nice. The way it ends, especially these last few pages, perfect. Sets up the next chapter perfect we get to see what's going to come in the next uh series of wolverine x-men by jason latour and mahmoud asrar which i think starts like next week that's awesome i don't think there's any break um school's in session the only thing next week class is back in session only thing i was missing was because i've become so used to them was a heartfelt goodbye letter from the creative team but i guess jason and aaron he he doesn't play that he just moves on yeah he just leaves he just shuts, turns around, and walks away. Exactly. 
Just drops the mic. Uh, all right, time to pick our books, our twins of the week. I'm so torn. I think I'm going to go with Deadpool. Deadpool okay. number 24. It's a good one. I think the big launches this week, like the big marquee books, really impressed me. They all they all lived up. Uh, that being Fantastic Four, Uncanny Avengers, Superior Spider-Man, which are all in the middle of huge stories. But, you know, again, I did this with X-Men Legacy, and because, again, is my last chance, I'm going to say Final Jason Aaron issue of Wolverine the X-Men, which I think I've given a lot of Twin of the Week to. That may be the book I've given the most Twin of the Week picks to. I think if we had someone track the yeah. Twins of the Week, which it would be Jason Aaron as probably Jason Aaron stacking gets a lot. up the most writers. Yeah, between Thor and Wolverine and the X-Men, I think he yeah. gets a lot of acclaim. That let's, guy. Let's turn to our intern quick and say, you know, some of these you may have read, some of these you may have not, but based on our description, what are you most excited to read? Well, I mean, right now I'm most excited to read uh, The End of the Cataclysm, just right. because I've been following that the whole time. Uncanny Avengers, I'm definitely looking forward to also because I've been following that. And um, here in Deadpool, I really want to read that now. <laughs> really want to read that one. Very cool. Yeah. All good picks. Yeah. All right. In addition to single issues, collections on sale this week, Amazing Spider-Man Behind the Scenes and Beyond the Web. That's a hardcover. I think it might be a movie tie-in. Not sure. Maybe like one of those like how we made the movie type books. Uh, we don't know. Go find out for yourself. Captain America Winter Soldier is back out in hardcover. I think that's collecting that original Brubaker Epting run. Or I could be wrong. You tell me. I'm sure you will over Twitter. Marvel Masterworks Fantastic Four Volume 10 in trade paperback. Getting up there. Secret Avengers Volume 2 Iliad in trade paperback. Superior Foes of Spider-Man getting the band back together. That's the first volume. Please check Go buy that. Out. Go buy that right now. So good. Even if it's not out yet for you. Well, it should be. It yeah, should, everybody yeah, should be able to get it. Go buy it. Yeah, yeah. When this goes up, it'll be out. Uh, Superior Spider-Man Team Up Volume 1 versus in trade. Uncanny Avengers Volume 1, Red Shadow, which was already previously in hardcover, is now in trade. And this is a good one. X-Force by Craig Kyle and Chris Yost, The Complete Collection Volume 1 Trade. A book that does not get talked about nearly enough. Yeah. Uh, those guys, tremendous run on that as well as New X-Men. So glad to see we're collecting it. Yeah, some, I was reading it on the subway last week. Nice. There's some badass Clayton Crane art in yep. there. And it's interesting because not only is Eli Bard one of the villains in it, he's, you know, one of our lawyers, but one of... Who stopped by yesterday. I'll tell you in a sec. Oh, uh uh-oh. And Jeremy Latcham is mentioned as a character in this. Jeremy is producer on uh, the Avengers films, the Iron Man films. Uh, I mean, yeah, Craig... Craig Chris's uh, voice. Yeah. Craig was, uh, you know, producer on many of our films. Yeah. Co- those two are uh, co-writing the next Thor film. There you go. Yeah, no, uh, Eli Bard, not the villain, the lawyer, stopped by our desk yesterday because Ryan moved desks yesterday, so we are now not sitting together for the first time in, what, like seven years? So yeah. Ryan's in an office, so uh, Eli stopped by and just looked at your desk and just like, I'd, like I've had maybe two conversations with Eli ever. He was just like, what's happening? What? What happened? <laughs> just like explain. Like, oh, Ryan moved to the office. Is really, what does this mean? He was just like, he was perplexed. I had to like calm him down. I was like, I don't know. I guess you being at that desk was like the center of his his universe. Well, you really know, through him. Whenever I have a big celebrity, I always bring him by Eli's office, oh, all right. and there you, go. uh, you gotta know how to how to play the system. Yeah, you know. Yeah, keep the right people happy. Yeah, and also I like Eli. He's funny. Um, all right, on to digital comics available on the app this week. We've got most of the books we've talked about uh, already. 
as well as we should have Deadpool the Gauntlet, Infinite Comic number eight, as well as Daredevil Road Warrior, yeah. Infinite Comic number one. So that's two Infinite Comics, Daredevil Road Warrior. If you guys aren't familiar, that is Mark Wade, and that is going to bridge the gap between the two Daredevil volumes. Yes. So very cool stuff. And if you buy it digitally, you want Miracle Man, there's a mass market edition, mm-hmm. which goes on sales with the Marvel app. Which, you know, if there's, um, like, butts or boobs, usually yeah. those get... Um, so Martin, I don't think there's anything... I don't think there's really anything in this, one, in this issue. But there might be... I don't yeah. know. Maybe there's something changed. There's something... We're so desensitized to violence that maybe there is something horrible that we missed. Yeah. But there... You could probably buy the regular version on Comixology's website. Mm-hmm. And if you have your accounts linked, you can then read it in the Marvel app. Yeah. I think. Maybe. We'll see. Also on sale this week on the Marvel app, Cable, number 20, Captain America, 12 through 16 from the 2002 series, Daredevils, 173 through 184 from the original series, and Kenny X-Men, 306, 308 to 314, and 319 through 321, X-Factor, 108 and 109 from the original run, and X-Men, 38 through 41. Collections on the app this week. All new Marvel Now, Teen Heroes. This is kind of a special deal. It's a collection of some of the recently launched teen titles, including Miss Marvel and New Warriors. Uh, Release it in time because Sana Aminat, the editor of Miss Marvel, is doing a TEDx chat. TEDx Teen. TEDx Teen chat this weekend. So that is uh, to tie in with that. S.H.I.E.L.D., Nick Fury versus S.H.I.E.L.D. is up there. Silent War, nice and human story. Spider-Man Craven's Last Hunt, classic. Spider-Woman, Agent of Sword, Uncanny X-Men, Masterworks Volume 1, and one of my personal favorites, X-Men Magneto Testament. Yes, that's a terrific one. Yeah, I love that book. Yeah. Freshly digitized, new additions to Marvel Unlimited, Astonishing X-Men number 66, Avengers Arena number 14, Captain Marvel number 15, Deadpool number 15, FF number 11, Gambit number 16, Scarlet Spider number 21, Seared Avengers number 8, Thanos Rising number 5, Thor, God of Thunder number 12, which is the issue, the On Earth issue, Mm. love from last year, the one that Nick Klein drew, Uh, that was probably my favorite single issue of 2013. First appearance of S.H.I.E.L.D. agent uh, Rosalind... Yeah, Rosalind. Solomon. Solomon. Rosalind Solomon. Ros Solomon. I was going to say Banana Knuckle, but that's not it. No, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. So, yeah. That's that's a great one. Uh, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 26, Uncanny Avengers number 11, Uncanny X-Men number 11, and Wolverine and the X-Men number 35. Yes. All right. Time to kick it over to Stromy for uh, video games, movies, anything else he's, he's no. he wants to talk about. Whatever. Whatever is on his mind. Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom coming to you from once again gorgeous Los Angeles with... The latest on what's on TV and in stores this week. Of course, we've got Marvel's Thor The Dark World on Blu-ray, on 3D Combo Pack, and on DVD. This week, Thor's new adventure. Now you can bring it home, own it yourself. Of course, it is also still available on Digital HD and Digital 3D. And, well, there's a bunch of special offers with the blu-ray and the dvd but we'll get to those in our next segment but you can bring it home watch it again and again and again and yeah get excited for even more thor and more marvel movies coming up 
Also on TV, this Sunday, we've got an all-new episode of Marvel's Avengers Assemble, entitled Savages, in which Cap basically challenges Iron Man to do some training without his tech. So they journey down to the Savage Land. Of course, while there, without any tech whatsoever, they stumble across Justin Hammer, who, if you recall from earlier in the series, has a lot of tech. So they have to face off with him and take it all down just using their, well, techless selves. So that all starts this Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. And even though this is called This Week in Marvel, next week on Tuesday, we have an all-new episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've been off the air for a few weeks. Now we're back. Sky's life is hanging in the balance. This is the episode that introduces two new agents to the series. Bill Paxton comes on as Agent John Garrett. And we also have B.J. Britt as Agent Triplet. I think fans will really dig these two. They will be sort of in and out of the next few episodes, I think we can say. But you get to meet them this Tuesday, find out the fate of Sky, maybe find out some clues as to some other mysteries. All I'll say is the episode is titled Tahiti, so maybe there might be some uh, some other... Uh, clues sprinkled about some other things going on. I don't know. Who knows? Well, actually, I do know, but that's really all I can say. I've probably already said too much. I think security's coming for me at the moment. But while I go deal with security, I'm going to go send you back to the guys in New York, and I'll be back shortly. Okay, time for news. Ben, hit it. All right, Original Sin is drawing nigh. We're going to have the Zero issue in April. We are going to have the first issue in May. We had a live blog with Jason Aaron, with Tom Brevoort, and with Axel Alonzo last week. Revealed a lot of new information. And this week, we're rolling out teasers uh, showcasing some of the suspects in the Who Killed the Watcher mystery on Marvel.com. Personally, we showed Captain America, Spider-Man, both under suspicion. But by the time you read this, there will be many more up. For us to show you guys. Survive is the next step in the Ultimate Comics universe. Uh, it is a one-shot by Brian Michael Bendis and Joe Quinones that bridges Cataclysm to the newly launching Ultimate books. That would be Ultimate FF, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and all new Ultimates. They joined us in not a live blog, but an interactive chat where they were actually in the chat room with us. Yes, you're that was your the head best because thing it was we've ever done. Yeah, Bendis went crazy and just posted a bunch of pics. Joe Canonis was just trying to get a word in. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. We're going to be doing a lot more of those. I know talking to uh, Al Scott when he was in here yesterday, he wants to do those with us. So we'll be doing more stuff like that. But if you didn't catch it, go and look at the replay. Uh, a lot of cool information revealed. We showed a lot of exclusive art and just great, uh, just great pics from Bendis. Of random stuff from comics and otherwise. Yeah, That's he's, worth, he's worth all the, over the place. It's, it's worth wonderful. the price of a mission. Yeah. He was half awake. Yeah. As part of our ongoing uh, Marvel 75th anniversary celebration, Jim Beard did an awesome two-part article called Looking Back. I don't know if that ended up being the title. That's what I was calling it. It's like a look back. Basically, it's looking at Marvel books 
that took a retrospective look at history. So stuff like The Invaders, which was produced in the 70s, set in the Golden Age. Marvels, which came out in the 90s, but covered everything. And the guys he spoke to for this, just a who's who, he talked to Tom Brevoort, but he also spoke to Roy Thomas, former Marvel editor-in-chief who wrote Invaders. He talked to Kurt Busiek, who wrote Marvels. He got Ed Brubaker, who did the Marvels Project. And those are just a few of the guys he got. So really good, really in-depth article. Um, just some, from quotes who, from guys who we don't always have on Marvel.com, so that excited me. It was well-written. So kudos to Jim. He's not listening to this because he doesn't know how to use a computer um, other than to send email. It's true. So he doesn't know how to use a podcast. Uh, also, in the same vein, we're doing our Golden Age Top 10 this week. Our Top 10 Characters of the Marvel Golden Age. Uh, interesting list. The, for some of these moving forward, it'll be a little more, all right, we have a million characters to pick from in the 60s. For the Golden Age, it was fun to see people kind of reach uh, beyond just, you know, Cap and Namor, see who they selected. Uh, some really fun. I like that uh, Blazing Skull made it into the top ten. Pretty high. And we got some other... I think uh, I voted for him. Yeah. Uh, Blonde Phantom's up there. Blonde Phantom's pretty awesome. Yeah. There's there's some great characters. They're, actually, uh, this is a good one to read because there's digital comic highlights for them. So if you don't know who some of these Golden Age characters are, you can go back and learn more yeah. about them. But a lot of fun. Ghost Rider, all new Ghost Riders, getting some pub in the pages of Lowrider Magazine. We uh, talked all about that, what is going to be going on there. Big opportunity for Ghost Rider. And finally, uh, we spoke with Seamus from WWE last week. Brett White spoke with him, which was a fun transcription for me to listen to because Brett sounds like the last person who should be doing an interview with Seamus, but he did a tremendous job. Uh, knew nothing about wrestling. I just prepped him for it, and he killed it. Uh, Seamus, a delight, as always. Seamus is the best. Yeah, we've been interviewed a few times. He's always He's awesome. Talks about Spider-Man, talks about the Hulk, talks about the WWE Network, which launched this week. Uh, so give that a look, please. Well, since we're talking about wrestling... Yes! Uh, did you get your network set up and, yep. and start watching? I have the WWE Network set up. I have watched it on my computer. I have watched it on my phone. I Actually, that was when I watched it most. I watched on my phone uh, on the train yesterday. I just live-streamed. I watched, like, the end of WrestleMania 1. They did a little half-hour show on Gold Dust. And then when I was driving home, uh, they had the Raw pre-show on. So I just I put the phone down. I wasn't watching it, obviously, because I was driving, which you should never watch videos and drive. But I had my headset in so I could listen to uh, the Raw pre-show. What did so they do on the pre-show? Because I, I missed it. Okay, the pre-show was they had a panel, like mm-hmm. they do on the pay-per-view pre-shows. It was Josh Matthews, of course, with Booker T, Ric Flair, and Alex Riley. Yeah. Alex Riley? So it was definitely an interesting mix. He's, you know, he's a commentator on NXT, which is interesting because he was on the pre- and post-show, but when they cut to the panel during Raw... He wasn't there. He wasn't there. No, I... I yeah, I, I know. I saw Ric Flair. Rick was really red in the face. <laughs> yeah. Well, he usually is. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, no, Alex Riley was there for the pre- and post-show, but I guess they didn't let him go on Raw, which I felt bad for him. (laughs) Poor guy. And also, I like the fact that during the pre-show, Booker and Ric Flair especially were ripping Daniel Bryan. Not ripping him so much as saying, like, you know, like, outside of saying, oh, you got screwed last night. They're like, ah, stop whining. He was fine. Randy Orton's the man. And then when they showed them on the Raw show, they're both like, we love Daniel Bryan. Like, it was very, like, all right, interesting. I think they got past a note or something. Uh. <laughs> Not to diss Daniel Bryan. But, uh, yeah, Flair was just, Flair was, 
Flair was making fun of Riley. They're like, oh, why don't you? This, this is the funny thing, because if you saw Raw, Flair goes, yeah, why don't you start chanting yes, 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 like all of these people? And then during the show, Ric Flair actually did the yes, yes, yes chant. So Terrific. he's no fool. But yeah, I don't have it on my Xbox yet because they're having a problem setting it up on Yeah, I know. It's really annoying. But uh, other than that, yeah. I know you were watching it yesterday. I was showing it off to Cirilli, mm-hmm. and uh, he was was then trying to figure out, racking his brain, like, how we could do this. Mm. And I uh, don't think we have quite the amount of content. Yeah, we don't really have the video library that um, WWE has. But that's fair. Yep. Uh, I think Marvel Unlimited kind of is our Yeah, network. we've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't have... I, I shouldn't say we don't have... I didn't know what to watch. That's mm. Part of the problem is, like, it's so overwhelming. Yes. There's a million things I would watch, so I just chose, like, one of their random, you know panel shows yeah and it was about the worst gimmicks and so i made my wife watch the the debut of the gobbledygooker yes um she was not sure why i think she said oh so wwe has always been screwing the fans yeah (laughs) it's like terrific i your wife is my favorite wrestling fan (laughs) although although my wife doesn't always watch she was great on raw commentary last night she was doing her thing but i was watching in the background her most her her big thing she focused on was she goes like have you ever noticed that Biggie Langston is huge in his chest, his shoulders, everything, and like his calves, but he has very small ankles and feet? And I could not unsee it. He has like, it's like everything's built, but when you get down to his ankles, it just like goes back to like normal size. It's just, it's weird. Now, did you see him take the um, the neutralizer last night? Yeah, it didn't that look was, good. That did not look didn't good. Didn't look good. And, uh, you know, that that's not on Cesaro. That's on no, Biggie. Like, he landed weird. Yeah. And that, yeah, no. I was like, I, oh. It was, yeah, he like tucked his head or yeah. something. Hopefully he's fine. I mean, he's got gigantic neck muscles, so that yeah. might help. But yeah. I like that ending to Raw. Yes, that was crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm sure as we as the network kind of settles down and as you know stuff's more available and it's on Xbox, we'll have uh, plenty more. But I had the same thing. It was very overwhelming. It's like, wow, there's a lot to watch. Yeah. The only the only, the only complaint I would have thus far um, is that I don't think you have the ability to like. Like, if you're watching Hulu or something, you can't, like, pause and come back to it. Like mm, it doesn't resume. Yeah, so you have to, like, find where you were. That's a bummer. Your place. Yeah. I'd like them to add that because, like, you know, I can't, you know, I don't want to watch a, a three-hour pay-per-view. I might want to watch in, like, installments. I don't yeah. want to watch. I did, like, on the browser version, I don't know if it's going to be on the Xbox, mm. it had, um, like, key points in certain shows. Oh, all right. So... That's cool. What did I put on? I put on TLC yeah. from because it was like the first thing that popped up. So yep. I put on the last TLC, and it had like start of a match. Had oh, that's information. cool. Then it had like a key moment in the match. Okay. So it like it was like CM Punk goes for the, oh, the GTS on um, on Dean Ambrose, and I okay. was like, kind of kind of nice thing is with that at least, especially if it's on the Xbox, you could stop watching at like the end of a match, and you know it'll give you a marker where to pick up for the next match. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's it's crazy. It's exciting. Kudos to all our, our friends over at WWE who work behind the scenes, especially the dot com guys. Who I'm yeah. sure were overwhelmed yesterday. Oh goodness, yeah, yeah. Can only imagine. Yeah. Um, so hey, this is a Marvel podcast. Yes, yes. Back to the to the Marvel of it all. Uh, today was the release of not only Thor: The Dark World on right. Blu-ray and DVD. Which, remember, we record this on Tuesdays. Yes. Uh, Stromy. To- yeah. So this week that, that came out, uh, Stromy will give you more on that, but also. The um, Disney Movies Anywhere app is out mm. this week on the iTunes, and that will sort of, ag- it'll pull in all your 
you know, Disney movies in one place and give you extra bonus features and, you know, all kinds of cool things. I believe for a limited time, you sign up and you do whatever you have to do to attach your account, your DMA account to your iTunes account. You get Incredibles for free, mm. um, which is pretty neat. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but there's some special stuff for Thor The Dark World through the DMA app. Also, that movie The Frozen is out this week. Academy Award nominated Frozen. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I neither. Um, I hear good things. Yeah. And, yeah, I'll let Strami tackle a whole bunch more. Yeah, don't take all of Strami's his heat. Yeah. Hello once more this week in Marvelites, Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, giving you the latest on all the happenings out here at Marvel Studios in Los Angeles. But the big news this week actually came out of New York, which is namely that the four Marvel series that we're producing for Netflix, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage, along with the Defenders main series, will all film in New York State, which I love because, you know, characters like Daredevil, just Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, they're very associated with New York City, in my mind, and particularly with Daredevil, we've got the strong connection to Hell's Kitchen. So the fact that we're actually filming in there is just incredible to me. It makes me very excited for these series. I was already pretty excited, but I'm even more excited now. Of course, we'll have more for you on those series as we have it. But that is the big news this week. If you want to learn more, we've got the full press conference up on... Marvel.com with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, Disney CEO Bob Iger, and our very own CCO Joe Casada talking about why filming these series in New York itself was so important. Go check that out right now on Marvel.com. Then, as I mentioned, Thor The Dark World is out on Blu-ray, 3D combo pack, and DVD this week. So, to celebrate, we've been bringing you new clips, including a new look at a featurette featuring composer Brian Tyler as he put together the score. We brought news on some exclusives, some in-store exclusives that... You can get when you buy Thor The Dark World at various places. Target has a Loki O-sleeve that is exclusive. Best Buy has an exclusive metal box for the Blu-ray. And iTunes, Amazon, and Walmart all have exclusive featurettes that you can only get with the copies you buy at those stores. Of course, you can also get an awesome, awesome print from the film's head of visual development, Charlie Wen, featuring Thor sort of rising up into the sky with some lightning crashing down behind him. You can only get this with the code that comes inside the copy of your DVD, Blu-ray, or 3D combo pack. You take that code to more.marvel.com slash Thor, you enter that, and then you can purchase one of these prints. There is the standard print, and then there's a limited edition signed metallic variant that is especially cool in my mind. I've seen it 
in person. It is very, very cool. I think if you're a Thor fan, and particularly if you're a fan of Thor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you should definitely check this out. You can get more details, of course, on marvel.com. And finally, rounding out our Thor coverage for the week, we had a special Marvel Word Association video with Adewale Akinoye Agbaje, who plays Algrim and Curse in the film, our very own executive editorial director, Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M., played some word association with him. It's great. You can check it out right now on marvel.com or on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash marvel. And in related news to For the Dark World, you can also now download an incredible new app called Disney Movies Anywhere that is basically a cloud service that allows you to watch all Disney movies anywhere, which is why it is appropriately titled Disney Movies Anywhere. But this, of course, includes... Marvel movies, along with all the Disney and Pixar movies. It basically aggregates all the digital copies you have of all your Disney, Pixar, or Marvel movies. You get exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. I know for certain that we have some exclusive Thor content, including a deleted scene that we have a clip from on Marvel.com right now. But you can check it out. Head over to marvel.com to learn more or search in the Apple App Store for Disney Movies Anywhere, and you'll be able to find it. Elsewhere in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we released a new poster for Marvel's Captain America The Winter Soldier, which of course is in theaters April 4th. This features Anthony Mackie as the Falcon, who... Is maybe one of my favorite parts of the movies. I have many favorite parts of the movies, though. It's like one of my, like, 17 favorite parts of the movies. It's a very good movie. Um, yes, that's all I have to say on that. We also released a new featurette that sort of focuses on the conspiracy elements of the film. Sort of the, you know, I think the Rousseau brothers, the directors, have described it a number of times as an old-school political thriller, and it really does have that vibe, and this sort of delves into more of what you can expect from that. Watch it now on Marvel.com, as well as our YouTube channel, of course. And bridging the gap between Marvel Films and Marvel Television, we announced an all-new primetime one-hour special entitled Marvel Studios Assembling a Universe that will premiere Tuesday, March 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. This takes you behind the scenes of all of the Marvel Studios films so far. During this, you will also get sneak peeks at our upcoming films, including, of course, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is out this August, and Avengers Age of Ultron, which is out in May 2015, as well as a look at what is coming up in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Then... 
Speaking of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we also brought you this week a photo gallery of images featuring Sif, who will be guest starring in the episode entitled Yes Men that will premiere March 11th, Tuesday, March 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can see more of Jamie Alexander as Sif as she drops by to... Uh, trek down a rogue as guardian, namely Lorelai, who fans may remember from Walter Simonson's run on the four series. So, I guess that pretty much covers everything I've got this week, but of course, we'll be back next week with probably a ton more news as well. So, until then, I'm going to send you back to those guys in New York. I thank you for listening. I hope you have a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous-er week. And I'll chat with you in seven more days. All right. Uh, thank you, Mark. So much stuff coming out of uh, Hollywood. Just so much. Never stops. Never stops. City that never sleeps, as they call it. All right. Time for This Week in Marvel questions and comments. Again, you guys use hashtag This Week in Marvel, and we'll pull it into uh, the next time we pull these, which is in two weeks. Next week, we're going to do Twim URC of Daredevil Man Without Fear. Jumping right into things, we got one patriot uh, who, this is, will be a theme through many of the questions mm. or comments, it says, I'm hooked on a feeling, and he gives a link to the YouTube video for the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. I think he at you, like you may not have seen it. Yeah, I, that happens a lot. Yeah. People are like, have you, have you seen the out. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. trailer? This is our, yeah, this is our first podcast with comments post-Guardians trailer, so yeah, certainly, I'm sure we'll get a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alan Wilkinson says, if you don't count Professor Xavier, that's my first class complete now. Uh, I don't know. I didn't assume he has all the original X-Men in Avengers Alliance. Oh, yeah. That would make the most sense, which I do, too. And you do, too. Yeah, I have everybody that is available. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Ben Forrest says, I am a newbie to Marvel Comics and only have a couple comics. What would you recommend for me? Okay. Um, If you're just starting off now... I like to try to get people started with Marvel Now, and then, you know, you can kind of sample from there. Grab the Marvel Now point one, grab the all-new Marvel Now point one, and see what of those books you might like. Uh, it's a good starting point. All our series from the last two years are very new reader accessible. And then once you've kind of worked your way through that, you can go backwards. Let's say you like Superior Spider-Man. Well, there's, you know, 50-plus years of Spider-Man stories for you to read. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like X-Men, same deal with X-Men. So really, like, get a sampling of the current stuff because that'll get you hooked on what's going on now so you don't have to catch up later. Um, And then go back and read the classic stuff and definitely get yourself a Marvel Unlimited subscription to help you navigate all that. For sure. That's my recommendation. No, that's good. Christopher Short, Twin Fan. I'm finally starting my comic collection with Neat Comics. Wait a minute. You're Twin Fan and you don't have a comic collection? What? I, I don't even know. Uh, vintage Amazing Spider-Man, Death's Head 2, number one. We got a picture over here. Yeah, a lot of cool Amazing Spider-Man comics from the old days. Alpha Flight, number one. Maggot, the tragic origin of Maggot. A Secret Wars 2 crossover with the Beyonder. Death's Head 2, number one. I like it because this is, like, if you if you had a question, I'm new to comics, what should I read? This is not it. Yeah, like, no. This selection right here maybe, would, would be so daunting to so yeah, many. Maybe Alpha Flight, number one's a good... Way to start. Death's Head 2. I mean, sure. you don't need to know anything. Yeah, really. they're first issues, so yeah. But Interesting. Like, yeah, that, yeah. It's awesome, but. <clears throat> yeah, no, exciting for you. Um, but yeah, he said, I think Maggot was mentioned two weeks ago, but I can't remember why. I thought you guys said he was in X-Force. No. Now I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. I was genuine, 
technically surprised to learn there's no connection between Maggot and Guido. Yeah. So they both have that little wisp of hair. Look at the next page. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, I think I know what happened here. You probably heard us talking about how Marrow is an X-Force. Uh, a lot of people confuse Marrow and Maggot. They are not the same character. But good catch on the uh, Maggot Strong Guy thing. I love that. He says, besides color, look how similar. Gigantic, red eyes, tiny tuft of hair in the same place. Maybe it's a story that just hasn't been told yet. Yeah, maybe they are long-lost brothers. <laughs> Asbiv, or this is him replying to Asbiv and Jason Aaron. Oh, my God, so good. Thank you for that. Talking about Amazing X-Men number four, saying it's amazing. I love Nightcrawler. Then said, I had five-minute-long static sounds on top of everything you guys said. That was last week's. We recorded over Skype. It can always be tricky. Hopefully, yeah. well, hope, thanks for still listening. Past yeah, the I don't, five minutes, it's weird. Yeah, and let's go uh, right to Ed Gazarian. Unless you want to answer that, I'll answer that one. We'll answer it. Yeah. All right, go for it. Uh, so he has one question. He says, "Well, this is Chris." He says, "With the Marvel Disney merge, will we be getting some more Scrooge McDuck Scrooge McDuck comics under the Marvel name?" I don't believe so. No. Uh, if you've ever read the Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, you know it is one of the greatest comics ever made. Uh, if you've never read it, then do yourself a favor. Go out and find one of the many reprintings of it. It is not published by us, but it is a Disney character, so I'm okay with talking about it. And it's terrific. It's really... I've read that series probably five times, and I don't have a lot of time to read comics. So to reread the same thing over and over again speaks very highly of it. It is terrific, and I wish we could... Um, and I don't know that we can't. I just don't see us doing it yep. anytime soon. We've done some stuff, you know, like Muppets, um, Incredible. We've reprinted some a various bunch of Seekers of the Weird is a Disney. Seekers of the Weird, print. yeah, that's, we that's all new. It's have original. A big Disney thing coming up soon, which we can't talk about yet. Dun, dun, but dun. in the next couple weeks, we'll have a big Disney-centric announcement. Interesting. Ed Gazarian. Tweets you a nice picture. It says right in your wheelhouse. Taco cart. Does the taco is it made out of bacon? Does it have bacon in it? Yeah. So the shell is bacon. Oh, okay. I've seen this picture many times. Many times. But I I don't know anyone. I like. I would love to to like message Justin Warner and be like, mm, bro, make this for bro, me. Can you make me this bacon taco? And he would probably be like, I'm on bro, it. Bro, I'm on it. I'm on it. Bro. More from Ed Gazarian. Chances of the Jam Dematisse Ron Garney Silver Surfer run making it to Marvel Unlimited. Love those books. Strangely enough, this is not the first time I've heard that. Request. I don't think I've ever read that. It was it was in the late nineties. It was after Ron Mars finished. Um, so it was part of that series. Yeah, it's part of that series. It's part of that run. It's towards the end. Hmm. Um, I remember. Yeah, because I remember Jam did. Maddie has brought in a lot of weird like stuff from his Spider Man run, like uh, Carnage was in it. Um, Scryer, Screer from the Clone Saga was in it. Sure. But I've heard good things about it. I think that was after Ron Garney did Captain America and went over to that. So maybe we'll uh, put in a little request, see if we can bump that up the priority list. Mm. I have no idea where it is on the priority list or if there <laughs> is a priority list. Let Adrian know. Yeah, I'll let Adrian know. No, no, she has a list of requests. Oh, wow. I thought you were joking. No. Apparently, no. Adrian can do stuff. All right. Hey, no. We love Adrian. She's, she's the best and she's very sensitive. <laughs> Uh, in an article, Tom Brevoort and Axel Alonso, this was in our live blog last week, revealed that in Original Sin, we discovered somebody messed with Cap's memories, but apparently we already knew that from New Avengers, right? Well, his memories were messed with in New Avengers, but is that the memory mess that we're referring to? Dun, dun, dun. It could be, but it might not be. Gotta buy the book. Read the book. 
right. Eric Almorez uh, tweeted this picture, which I retweeted. It my daughter really liked the new Ms. Marvel comic, and it's him uh, doing the Ms. Marvel cover yeah. over the face, which we've all done. We've all done. It looks creepier when we do it. Yep. She looks terrific. Really creepy. Uh, Fate Soprano tweets, I just realized Kate Bishop is a costume for Hawkeye and Marvel heroes. Hmm. What the hell? She's a whole different person. Um, I got nothing for you. I don't. It's kind of cool. I think. I'd rather there be something Kate Bishop than nothing at all. Mm. But I can totally see why that would be uh, frustrating. Um, sorry, Faith. I got. I can't help you out here. Gary Langton says the trailer looks immense. I cannot wait to see this film, Guardians of the Galaxy. Hashtag. He says I think Pirate Nightcrawler is the coolest idea ever. It's up there. Jason Aaron, you genius. Yeah, I do. I mean, Pirate Nightcrawler is classic. Yeah. Everybody loves it. Feels him. like it was just waiting to be done. Well, it was done in Excalibur. Feels like it was just waiting to be done. Anyway, uh, more from Gary. He says, I used to read UK reprints of Marvel growing up, and I'm trying to find the stories I loved as a kid. All I remember is Thor battling Juggernaut, and he was trying to find a powerful gem in the jungle. Sounds like a Thor comic. Yeah, definitely. Juggernaut in it. It's not the Thor comic where uh, they're fight- he's fighting Juggernaut and the new warriors were introduced, so I don't know. Yeah. Another Thor comic. Um, Good luck. Good luck with your search, Gary. Yeah. Best of luck in your future endeavors. (laughs) HW View. Last week's Tomb of the Week was Captain America 17, the spotlight on Fury and Mind Bubble run amok. Then asking us, where are you guys on MAA, Spec Off, and PvP? Super tough. Uh, Let's see. PvP, I've been playing. uh, Just because I don't want to get stuck without getting the super weapon again right. you know like the whatever the stupid freaking cube with right. mystic shroud and yeah, yeah, yeah. i hate that i missed that so yeah. whatever this weapon is that you have to assemble by getting all the, the bits and pieces it's a beast you gotta get a lot of them i know I'm trying them uh, so i'm trying to do that uh i haven't played spec up in a couple days we still have the three Ice weeks to go the what the apocalypse one apocalypse one yeah i finished that i haven't finished um it. it's really fun that was yeah, my no, favorite spec. I'm at the beginning of the third chapter where you yeah. have like, where do you go yeah. now? And I'm like, what? Just get on. You still got a lot to do. Yeah, I you got to fight four bosses, and then you got to fight Apocalypse, which is really hard, and then you got to fight Apocalypse again. So yeah, yeah. I should the only be. thing, the only thing I haven't done in Spec Ops is I could have kept going collecting those ice shards to try to get the Iceman Death costume, which is that's the only way it's available right now. Can but you buy I, the Death shards? Maybe. I don't want to do that. I know I have enough gold to do it, but I don't. I don't want to do. It. I. I. I, I de- you, rather do you, other stuff. We were talking yesterday about yeah. how important the death costumes are, though. The the um the yeah, I have all costumes. the other ones. Yeah. I'll think. I'll think on it. You think I'll, on. I'll it. think on it this afternoon. Okay. But it's, but uh, PvP. I'm actually having the most luck I've had in a while, just because of those costumes. Because I'm using Famine Beast on my defense team, and he is a. Monster. Yeah, I put Beast and Rogue yeah. in their horseman costumes and defense and just let them go. I can put Rogue in there. I still have Rescue in there, but maybe I'll think about it. I do Rogue and um, Rescue on offense. I think I'm going to pull out Rescue, though, because... Yeah. I don't... I hate Rescue on offense. It takes forever. Yeah, but... She's th- great. There's so many, like... I know. You know, it's... You I need to take away all I'm the patient, different things. I'm patient. I want to win quicker. Yeah. Rescue takes forever because her damages are so light. A light touch. She's great on defense, though. Yeah. On offense. Whatever. You're right. I'm always right. Do you play? 
I used to, and then I deactivated my Facebook for a while. Wow. Yeah. Living off the grid. Yeah. yeah. Just actually activated about mm. a month and a half ago, so I'm starting to play again. Got to wonder, <laughs> wonder what he's got to hide. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now I just took over my schoolwork life. <laughs> that's all. all right. That's responsible. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Jeremiah Lupo. I'm hooked on that teaser, and then... A hashtag, Uga Chaka, Uga Chaka, Uga Chaka. Yep. And that thing that was missing from the 15 seconds was in the full trailer. Which was the, same the song. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Finally, Johnny Vinyl. Spider-Man expansion for Legendary, a Marvel deck-building game coming in March. Talk about it, and then gives us the entire... Well, no, no, he didn't do that. Oh, he didn't do that. So I, I read right. that. I was like, what the hell is Legendary, a Marvel deck-building game? Because right. we don't always get information from right. the licensees. From I mean, I think this falls under trading card senior editor Blake Harris's it does. responsibilities. Um, it does. It, and he is now looking into He's this. He's aware. He's aware. Uh, yeah. So Legendary, a Marvel deck-building game is... Um, like a card game, you know? Yeah. You, you choose a number of hero decks, Spider-Man, Hulk, Cyclops, shuffle them together. Um, you know, you can only use a, a handful of them out of the 15 included. Uh, they can really vary in terms of what's available. Uh, you can choose a mastermind villain, like Magneto, Loki, Doctor Doom, and st- I don't know, all kinds of stuff. I've never played a trading card game. I don't no. know. If I it's tried not- to play Magic when I was in high school and it just didn't. I understand Cards click. Against Humanity. All right. Yeah, uh, no, that's different. That's pretty much my extent. Play Hearts sometimes. Yeah, I, I've played Solitaire. Yeah. Yeah. Solitaire. All good games. I'm sure this is a great game as well. Yeah. Totally. We're going to get some more content yeah. on Marvel.com about it, Johnny. Uh, stay tuned, and you can always tweet to at Blake Garris for more, more information. On all those. Yeah. yeah. He should have it all. Yeah. Kyle Charles says, My twin of the week is either Winter Soldier Bitter March or She-Hulk. Mm. Both excellent choices. He says, just got around to read the Evolution arc of Wolverine on Marvel Unlimited, and it was good. What do I read next? Well, you're in luck, because Evolution actually has a sequel. Direct sequel. Um, uh, what was it called? Was it just called The Return of Sabretooth, or was it called something else? Mm-hmm. It was the last few... Go to the most recent Wolverine volume, the one that started in 2011... Uh, and you're going to look up the issues by Jeff Loeb and Simone Bianca. It's towards the end. It's not the very end, but towards the end. And there is a direct sequel to that story. So check that out. Yeah. Uh, I love this tweet. Shang-Chi is such a badass. Avengers World is my first encounter with him. Oh, so that's what we said. Yeah. People are going to read this yep. and be like, I, I'm, I'm a mark for Shang-Chi now. Yep. Shang-Chi is great. And he says, Dr. Mindbumble is one creepy bad guy. Mm. Steve has his work cut out for him. You have no idea. Kyle Martinick says... Love the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Chris Pratt is hilarious. Can't wait to see more. Yep. Um, we got almost five months until the movie comes out. It's pretty great. Uh, Kyle says, Why the new paper and the hardcover books? My X-Men Battle the Atom pages were warped, and I'm hearing yeah. the same for Infinity. I have seen this reported in some places. Uh, we're not involved in the printing or that the publishing process, uh, so I don't know what's going on, but it's definitely been noticed, and I know a lot of people have been talking about this. So hopefully a fix will be on the way, or, you know, they'll figure something out. Yeah. The guys over in Collected Editions are very good at what they do. I'm sure they did not realize this was going to happen, but stay tuned. Yes. And Kyle says, any chance we'll see X-Men Legacy in some oversized hardcovers? I wanted to read it, but wait if it's coming out in hardcover. Oh, man. I have no idea. I, I don't mean, know. It's I... been coming out in trade already. My guess yeah. is no, simply because it, it wasn't a huge, giant book that, right. you know, like that... that it's a deep cost for us to do stuff yeah. like that. 
So my I'd say guess read it, is, read it now. Yeah. Read it now and trade. That's the best way. Read it and trade or on Marvel Unlimited. Most of it will be up there. Yeah. And most of it's up there now. You, a couple more months, you'll have yeah, the whole you're, thing. You're missing like six issues and then you're, then you're done. Yeah. Lady Crane says, never-ending tears over the Fantastic Four reboot casting. All right. We don't often talk about the movies that come from the other studios, right. the Fox movies, the Sony movies. But this one irks me. Yeah. You know, like people getting upset over Fantastic Four casting. Yeah. Uh, because they, what's his name, Michael B. Jordan? Yep. Uh, That's one of them. That's, people are getting upset over But I, the stuff. one I've gotten No, I've people, heard, I've seen a lot of that, but that's not the sole I don't, source to be honest, that. I don't know any of these actors. Yeah. I mean, I think I've seen him in some stuff. Um, I heard he was supposed to be great in, what was that, Fruitvale, Fruitvale Station? Station? He was on Friday Night Lights. He was Right, excellent. right. Friday Night Lights, yeah. that's where I've seen him. He was Chronicle. Chronicle, who's the director of Fantastic Okay, Four. I watched Chronicle, yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed, I watched that on a plane. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. Yeah, he's great. Um, so... You know, great, good actor. He can do the part. Mm-hmm. The fact people are bugging out, like, how could they be brother and sister? How could Johnny Storm and Sue Storm be brother yeah. and sister if they're not the same race? Blows my mind. You have no idea that you know people could be adopted. People yeah. could have different. Like, there's so many situations where that could be the case. Do not like get caught up in right. in all this stuff. Wait and see the story of the movie. Yeah, they they're not. I don't think they're just going to have the movie and not address the, you know, the fact that they're related, but that's such a small part of what makes the movie the movie. They're still going to have the same dynamic, they're still going to have the same relationship. And yeah, I saw a lot of people up in arms about that, about oh they're too young, oh the thing's not ugly enough, but but the, but when he's Ben yeah, Grimm, he's, he's not Grimm. he's, he's, he's a just a regular dude. old handsome beefcake dude. Look, the fact is, like we said, we don't talk about studios outside of outside, but I all, like you're not very familiar with this cast, but I've seen I haven't seen the guy who's playing the thing in anything, but the kid who's playing um, Mr. Fantastic I just saw him in Spe- Spectacular Now. Yeah, Miles Teller. Yep, Miles Teller, great movie, and Kate Mara is on uh, House of Cards. She's incredible. Like these are really good, high pedigreed actors. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this more than I would have been, you know, a week ago. So. There you go. So slow your roll, see how it comes out. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. You'll enjoy it. And if it's not, then it's not. Yeah, then it's not a good movie. Deal with it then. Yeah. Nick Sutton. So did anyone else just fall apart reading Amazing Spider-Man 4 this week? Definitely my tone of the week. A lot of love for Amazing X-Men. Yeah. I said Amazing Spider-Man. You did. I meant Amazing X-Men. And everyone knew that. Yeah. Ollie, PC, Dead Meat. Guys, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. So right. What you guys at Marvel are doing is so great right now. What an era. The way you said so right. So right. Was like uh, Justin Timberlake's Jimmy Fallon impression. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. So good. So good. So great. I just want to jump forward 20 years so I can watch everything all at once. Know what I mean? So excited for Guardians. Dude, you'd lose two decades of your life. Yeah, keep those 20 it's years, It's not worth bro. it, man. Yeah, Don't you'll do get that. to see them movies. Yeah, they'll, they'll all still come out. Yeah. All right. Thunderbolts. They're in London. A guy referred to his phone as his celly. I do that all the time. And Ross told people to run two blocks. Uh, and now he's talking about London. We do not refer to phones as cellies. That's plain ridiculous. What's a block? We have meters or miles. 
well, beat. Ross, if he's telling them to run two blocks, it's yeah. Ross is saying Yeah, he's it, American. He doesn't know your slang. Yeah. If there was Hello, a, go run the meters. If there was a reaction shot of a Londoner going like, hey, I don't know what you're talking about, that would... Yeah. Or if there was a reaction shot of a Londoner being like, run on two blocks. <laughs> I know what that means. Yeah. Then you would get then, upset. Yeah. No, it's just us dumb Americans not knowing your <laughs> slang. Can't get mad at that. Yeah. Plus, Thunderbolt Ross... Thunderbolt Ross certainly has not taken the time to learn British slang. Yeah. Like, he is a jerk. Yeah. Like, he barely... He's got better things to do, like finding out where yeah. the Hulk is. Yeah, he's been trying to destroy the Hulk for years. Yeah. He did not take a crash course in what you call a mobile phone. Yeah. So. You're young. Do you say Selly? No. Do the people you know say Selly? I say Selly all the time. <laughs> hmm. And you are the most British person in this office. Yeah, absolutely. I've been to England many yeah. times. Uh, all right. Watching Thor 2, The Dark World. He's got questions. They're all very similar. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw them at you, Ryan. How old is Thor? Thousands of years old. <laughs> that's, that's what I liked. How old is Heimdall? A few thousand more. Yeah. Thousands of years old. How hot is Sif? Uh, Probably not very. She's got a very... Her outfits are not, like... There's not a lot of layers on them. She's a very attractive young lady, but, like... Oh, you're talking about that? I thought he meant, like... I was. I thought he was like she's hot. She's wearing those layers. Ew. Asgard, man, the sun's yeah. out. But who cares? She's a badass. Yeah. Like, and number four, who's the man? You forgot the apostrophe. In what? He oh did. yeah, in the man. So not you, Ollie. <laughs> oh, you blew it. Uh, who is the man? Um, uh, Dennis Leary in that movie. Yeah. With Doctor Dre and Ed Lover. Yes. Sure. Lost me. Pop culture, come on. I'm, culture of like 20 years ago. Yeah, it was a terrific <laughs> movie. Uh, Raph AB says, Iceman says he feels like a Disney princess in all new X-Men, and in Avengers Alliance we get a Let It Go joke. What is Let It Go? I don't know. Probably a Disney Channel show? I don't know. Alex, do you watch the Disney Channel a lot? You're a kid. <laughs> Hashtag Let It Go. Uh, I'm sure someone will let us know what the heck yeah, that means. It's probably a Disney show or band oh, or yes. something. And he says, coincidence? Um, yes. Maybe? Yes. Maybe? Yes. Yes. So. Let's go Let's with, go with coincidence. coincidence. Uh, Robert RCS underscore T says, any plans we can share for Emerald City Comic Con that's coming up soon? Uh, there are no plans that we know of. We will not have a booth there, as far as I know. Uh we often, you know, we'll send an editor and maybe C.B. Sobolski to the show, but I haven't heard of anything. It's not a big convention for our team. Mm. Robert Nolan says, The quality of episode 119 was great, guys. Right. No worries about the Skypeness this time around. Clear communications all around. How did we do 119? I have Home's no idea. issue there? Probably a snow thing. Sure. Yeah, I think I recorded from home because I was snowed in. Yes. And Robert says, Do we actually know much about Luke Cage's father, or is Al Ewing teasing some new history in Mighty Avengers? We do not know a lot about Luke Cage's father, and Al Ewing is definitely teasing something that will be coming down the line. Cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Yeah. Little Luke Cage and the man <laughs> in the moon. That's a little one for you That's guys. That's a good one. That's a good one. Secret City. Please help me understand the fascination with the style of art from Michael Allred and Javier Polito. I need to know. Ejected. Yeah. Ejected. If you don't know already, that's tough, man. If it's you just... don't understand how amazing Mike Allred and Javier Pulido and how incredible yeah. their art is, that's just preference, and obviously you don't like yeah. it, but... It's fair. They're the clean lines, the, you know, mm -hmm. like, the bombastic, the pop essence of it all. I mean, yeah. they're... And those two are very different. Yeah. You know, Mike Allred is, is over here, Javier Pulido is over here. They, Ryan's they, moving his hands far apart, yeah, for those of you who can't see. Their styles, while they're both, you know... 
fluid, less angular. They're both outside what you would call the classic superhero yeah. style, which is, you know, not for some people. I happen to love it. Oh, man. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's that weird, crazy, almost reminds me of, of, of Ditko in a way. Yeah. Ditko did not look like a classic superhero artist. Yeah. And he is revered for Spider-Man. So, you know, takes all kinds. But yeah, if you don't have to like him, but you're wrong. No. <laughs> Stella Thompson says, Love the snow reports on This Week in Marvel by Agent M and Ben Morse. No snow down here in suburban Australia, especially since it's summer. Glad you love the snow reports. I guess we're going to have to give hate, more snow I reports. Hate giving them. Yeah. Uh, I would love to not have to give any more snow reports. We are expecting yep. snow tomorrow yep. and snow Saturday. Saturday, Saturday as well. And then one or two days next week. Great. So. Just never stops. For sure. The fun is great. I'm going to move to Australia. <laughs> not really. I would never do that. Stephen Barr <laughs> says, Really enjoying Amazing X Men by Jason Aaron. If you're not reading it, you should be. And then he gives out a code. Nice. Very cool. Thank you, nice. Stephen. Uh, that code is T-M-A-J-L-I-Z-0-W-P-T-L, but I'm sure it's already taken. Yeah, this was tweeted February 20th, yeah, so whatever. it's gone, man. Steven says, start Come of on. Goblin Nation and Superior Spider-Man and Superior Team-Up is great. I think Dan Slott has a great story cooked up. Absolutely, he always does. Yeah. Uh, Steven says, just renewed my Marvel Unlimited subscription. Some of the best money I spend on comics. I've read so much from Avengers Arena, Fearless Defenders, Thor, God of Thunder, Hawkeye, plus Reading Club. Thanks for so many great comics. You are welcome, Stephen. Thank you. Finally, Susan Cotton at the College Library. Joe, who's Joe? Joe's her son. All right. Joe pulled this from a shelf and said, look, Mommy, I got a good one. And we've got, oh, Sensational She-Hulk by John Byrne. That is a good one. Yeah. It's a good book. Yeah. It's a fun cover. Very fun cover. Yeah, that was that was a cool book. Uh, maybe we'll have to pick that sometime. That would be a very fun one to read. Right, we have to see if we have it. No. I think we do. In the system. Very cool. All right, guys. Uh, reminder, once again, the Twim URC pick is for Daredevil, Man Without Fear. And that's um, going to be what we're talking about next week. So use hashtag Twim URC to send your questions and comments, and we'll pull them in. Yeah. That's about it. That's it. How'd you feel about your first podcast? Pretty well. well I liked it. it was Oh, good. <laughs> Solid B minus. Yeah. For you. Excellent. Uh, I'll take it. All right. See we'll be back. Yeah. Say sign off line. We'll be back next week. This is Marvel. Your universe. Maybe nervous. You had your finger on the button. Your universe.